0: So tennis starts next weekend, and with that in mind, GoUSFBulls.com popped out an official release on Thursday about the schedule for Ashley Fisher's team. We already kind of peeked at it for you, but it's good to see it formally posted and that the Bulls will be playing five of the teams that are either ranked or getting votes in the ITA rankings in the top 25. TCU is ranked fifth, Georgia, and this is where they say it's the possibility of playing because Georgia, in order to play them, the Bulls will have to win their first game at that ITA kickoff challenge. Ten home matches for the Bulls. It'll start off on the road, and then Saturday, February the 5th, begins the trio of home matches. They'll also be taking on 19th-ranked Texas A&M. That'll be at home Saturday, February the 12th. And I'm still trying to find out a little bit more about this Tempe Elite 8 event. I'm going to guess that it is, Will hosted by Arizona State, and there will be eight teams there. I haven't been able to find out more. I'm sure I'll get those details for you. TCU, which is Ashley Fisher's alma mater, is the place that the Bulls will be going. That's down the road, March the 19th. Actually, now that I think about it, that is the same time that the conference basketball tournament is taking place for men and women in Fort Worth, Texas. So I'll go ahead and mark that down. Speaking of scheduling, definitely trying to piece everything together and... I don't know if we're ever going to actually post the schedule online anywhere. Just know that I'll keep you up to date, but it is really going to get congested on both of our channels in a few weeks once softball starts because you're going to have that sport. You're going to have both basketball teams, of course, still going. The next week it's baseball. And, well, I might have to take like a couple days off in between now and then because there will not be any days off once February hits, probably until the early June portion of the schedule. And speaking of that, that's when everything wrapped up last year because baseball was still going. and We are not going to recap their NCAA tournament run. You know all about it. We're going to just tell you that we're getting close to the next season. And as part of their photo shoot, USF Baseball's Twitter page put out some neat little videos of their photo shoot. And I was able to post up and grab a selected assortment of Baseball players, and they were all really good. You will hear from them over the next few weeks. And today, I wanted to start off with the guy who was a big part of their offense. And in honor of the War on I-4 this week, and I thought I'd start the Roberto Pena highlight reel with this. Now batting number 13, the Bulls Roberto have two runners on Pena. base. Now it's time to come through. As the issue for the Bulls in the first game of this series was runners in scoring position and this is the first time we've had him today. Roberto Peña, who flew out to left field his first time up. He did leave on four men last night himself, more than anyone else in the lineup out of the 14 left on. Oh, and he hits that one pretty deep to left field. Going back on it is Ruiz, back to the track, still going, and it is out of here. That's what you do with runners in scoring position. You let them stroll around the base pass. And Pena, with his sixth home run of the year, leads the Bulls. That was a no-doubter, and the Bulls are on top, 4-2. to two. That was a wonderful day in early April when the Bulls won both ends of a doubleheader, and you heard it, Pena's homer got them going. And speaking of getting them going, he did the same, helping out with a homer in each of the first two games in Clearwater. If his bat doesn't come to the party early, who knows how things end up going, but Roberto was a big part of it. Believe it or not, tomorrow a couple of teams are going to be eliminated. There will be two games tomorrow, the first one at 3 o'clock, and then the second one about 45 minutes after the conclusion of the first one. Hope to see you guys Thursday. And that's what the Bulls are hoping that they get to play Thursday. This ball hit well toward right field. Going back, going back. That is gone. Home run. Roberto Pena his 11th of the season over the wall in right field five to nothing usf if you missed us right before first pitch we mentioned how the wind was blowing out that way and pena has done that a few times this year raw power they brought him in expected to see it former university of florida player and man has he shown it off he hit another one wind aided to get the scoring started against Tulane the next day, the Bulls would win that game 5 to nothing. He had quite an eventful year, had some issues at second base, ended up getting moved to the outfield. We discussed that, and he told me something that happened in the postseason that, well, I didn't know about, and you might not have either. And we start off with finding out the origin of his nickname, so a lot of information here. With Chamo, and let's start there with Roberto Pena. Tell me about the nickname. What does it translate into, roughly? Is it like Kid? Cool dude. Yeah. And so, how often you've been called that?
1: So I moved here to the United States when I was 11 years old, and I didn't know any English or anybody's name. So wow. when I was trying to get somebody's attention, I'll call them chamo, which is like kid, friend in Venezuela. It's like basically saying bro over here, like, yo, like, it's like trying to get somebody's attention. So I started calling everybody that, so it just got attached to me. So I'm chamo now. Everybody calls me chamo, which Bad. is uh, pretty common in Venezuela as a slang.
0: It's cool that it's common, but it's cool that that is how you got it. I love it. So yeah. now don't be offended if I call you that every time no, I see no, you. No, that's, no, that's why everybody yeah. calls me. So. <laughs> so, Chamo, people were calling you uh, second baseman and center fielder last year. Uh, take us through that part of your season because your your hitting was there the whole time, but you were moving around a little bit. Can you play anywhere officially now?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, now officially, officially, I could play everywhere. So <laughs> last year, um, see, I got to US seven, I was at third. In the fall. That's I played right. a little bit of short too in the fall. That's right. And then season came around uh around and they put me at second base and I was fine with it because uh from going to third to second you have a lot more time a lot more time on ground balls and throws and everything, so it's a shorter throw. And I was there for most of most of the year last year and then Brutcher went down with his injury. Right. And they needed somebody to play center. And Mo knows how I play, man. I play hard, so I ran into like four walls last year <laughs> in the outfield, so he knows I'm, I'm, I'll am i go hard no matter what, and I'll try to make every play, so that's why he trusted me out there in center field. Uh, it was definitely tougher than what I expected, you know, like coming from an infielder, being my whole life an infielder, going out there seeing those balls get past the lights, and sometimes you lose some, you can't hear your left fielder, your right fielder, so you got to be loud. It's a bunch of things that add up into it, line drives. But it was fun, man. I learned. Now I could tell you that I, like, I could compete and be at elite center fielder if I wanted to. But right now I'm playing second. Okay. I also caught this fall. I caught like 10, 10 innings this fall. <laughs> that was going
0: to be my joke. Like at least you're not going to be a catcher. But you no. tell me you caught.
1: Yeah, yeah. I caught. So... <laughs> hopefully Mo, Mo told me that we're going to try to get me to play in online positions this year on a game. So the last person to do that in college was Buster Posey. So I'm excited to do that.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Finally, and in come the save. Chamo has already yeah. played. Uh, the, don't get me going on the scorecard with that. Now you mentioned <laughs> running into the wall when you played infield all your life. That's the one thing you don't think about yeah. is the wall take us through that process, is it always uh, first on your mind or is it the last thing literally that well, goes through your mind?
1: Well, we go back. If we go back, you could go back to the, um, my first weekend was against Wichita on center field, and I made a crazy catch. That's right. Dead center, roll right over my head. I dove in the warning track, and I like, almost hit the wall whilst I was coming down. And I never, like, really cared about the wall. So then we went to a conference tournament. We were playing two lane. And I forgot who hit a home run. I think it was Anglewood. And I thought I had it the whole way. I was oh, like, yeah. I was running, 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 and I just, boom, just crushed the wall. I dislocated my shoulder. Ramon popped it back in. Then we went to Texas. Come on. We went to Texas, ah. and I did the same thing. Really? I did the same thing on the the third baseman's home run of Bernie. I dislocated my shoulder, hitting the wall, which is why I think I didn't go as hard as I could. Like I went hard after it, but I just didn't dive or like I... Tell the way from it on the walk-off double because right. I already had that in my head that I ate the wall twice. So man, but it's it's things you learn from it, you get from experience. You know, like if you're an everyday outfielder and you work on outfield like fielding that position, you count your steps. You know how much room you have. You know how many steps are in the warning track and all that. And me with not having that experience, I just went out there and ran as fast as I could, to try to get to every ball. All
0: right, sounds like. Uh Second base, but uh, at a ready to go back into center field. Let me ask you about your opposite field power because yeah. I, I think it was the Houston game where it looked like
1: you, yeah. you
0: basically golfed it out to right field. Has that something that's always been the case, or have you improved your approach with that? Well, when I'm
1: going well, I'm I'm driving the ball out to right field. Hmm. So um, when I'm I'm seeing the ball well and I'm in a hot streak and I'm feeling, feeling really well at the box, my power is right center, when, which is right now what I've been working on this whole fall and this early spring. It's driving the ball to right center because I know I could drive it out to left field. All if right, I so. could do it to right center consistently, then we're going to have a great year. So I can call you Apo Chamo, is that okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll I think I, I had 12 home runs last year, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, five or six were Apo. Hey,
0: keep it going. You're great, man. Thanks yeah. a lot for the insight. Appreciate it. Thank you. Played in every game last year, started all but one, had 12 homers, 40 RBI, and actually three triples and seven steals. A very exciting player to watch and a big leader on the team. Started off his career at the University of Florida, 5-for-22. Actually hit a home run in the Lubbock Regional. Then moved on to the College of Central Florida where he went 3-30. And that was just one year where you knew he was going to end up back at the D1 level. His high school coach was Alan Kunkel, who was, of course, a Bulls assistant last couple of seasons before being hired away to UAB. And the Bulls will play UAB plenty down the line as a incoming member of the American boy, they've added some pretty solid baseball programs. We're a couple years away from that, but only about a month away from the baseball season. You're going to hear more of these interviews over the next few weeks. Drew Brutcher, Carmine Lane, Daniel Cantu really enjoyed Keanu Jacobs, guichard You're going to get to know him. Devin Hemingway, I thought was outstanding. And yes, I interviewed the Mink twins now that Tanner's been joined by his twin brother Hunter who played for the Gators and got to watch his brother's team win last year. Oh yeah, we get into all that. And you'll hear those over the next few weeks. Coming up next, previews of Wars on I-4 in basketball this weekend. And we'll end the hour with conference show around the American. There was a lot of action in the conference in hoops the last couple of nights. This is Bulls Beat. Stay tuned.